You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Locked on Browns brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, LGB on the LOB. Whether it is Apple, whether it is Spotify, whether it is Odyssey, make sure you are following and subscribed to the Locked On Browns podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On NFL Live Fantasy Show. You have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft. Don't miss the Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions in real time or submit them ahead of time to the Locked On Network on Twitter. Joining me here today, and she's been on before um, and now part of the Orange is Orange podcast, um, also... does her thing with uh you know good friend uh oh my god i want to say andy set the edge podcast what is mm-hmm. his name good old andy, andy billman right. he was the the See? uh uh director and creator of the espn film believeland the beloved believeland yes indeed and actually now it seemed like now's almost the perfect time to go back and rewatch that because if you wanted all the kick and the crotches of everything that was kind of <laughs> best you know riding the high of it um, but they do, they get together to do the Set the Edge podcast, which is fantastic. Obviously, Holly joining me here today. We're going to get some thoughts here from last night, offense, defense. Uh, third segment here, we'll do the latest news, which may not be good for a certain player on the Browns roster. A couple of listener questions. But first things first, Holly, how's your summer going? Um, I understand. I think we're training for a, a half marathon this I fall, I, I believe. I don't even know who I am. 13 miles. I am too cranky to drive 13 miles, but God bless your sister. You know, it's it's been I was one of those opposite people during COVID and quarantine that that took up a type of physical activity. So I, I needed to get out. I needed to, I'm like, I'm just gonna start walking, running. I've never been a runner. Um, and I did it. I went minute on running, minute off, two minutes on, two minutes off, run a mile, you know, walk a half a mile, vice versa. And uh, it just stuck. So I logged um, a little over a thousand miles just over a year, and uh, I guess I'm going to do a half in the in the fall here in Cleveland. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I have no desire to go further than that. Like I just I can't imagine running for four <laughs> hours. Um, but then I, when I watched the Olympics, the winners of the marathons um, was like a two hours and eight minutes. Like I can I could barely do a half in that. Like I would be lucky to do it. <laughs> So it always puts things into perspective for you, but it's going good. My summer's going well. Join the Orange is Orange. I'm super pumped about that. Andy and I are still plugging away on Set the Edge. Um, so it, it's been really fun. I cannot express to you how excited I am that Browns football is back, though. Oh, good Lord. Um, yesterday was absolutely, you know, for me, it's the pinnacle. And, you know, like so many people, oh, I never want summer to end. And it's like, well, you know, once you see, and there's live football action. It's like, all right, well, it's over. It's over. Whatever. Whatever's left of it, whatever. One barbecue, two barbecues. That's it. It's over. We have literally turned the page here. Um, but the funniest thing that you brought up about, you know, the whole running and that concept is nobody's sprinting. So could you imagine you at your pace? So maybe in two hours, you could do half of what they do. 
Could you imagine basically almost going three quarters full speed for 26 no. miles? No. It, you know, could, mm-hmm. I, I, it just absolutely blows my mind. The endurance factor, how people even get through that. I, I just, I mean, all the more power to them. I went to one track practice once and they were like, oh, well, we th- we'd like you to, we need help. We need people to run the 400. We're going to run 10 of them. Whoa, 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 whoa. we're going to run 10 of them? How many do we want to do in a meet? We're only going to run one in a meet? I see no reason right. to run 10 of them now. Yes, I will be right back on the baseball diamond tomorrow. This was a huge, <laughs> huge mistake. Um, but getting back to last night. And the first thing that you know comes to my mind on both sides of the ball is the Browns, who did not, believe it or not, sit the most players in week one of uh, preseason, sat 29 players. So basically almost everybody starting offensive defensive side of the ball. Um, but you go to the offensive side of the ball, and yes, no Baker. But Holly, everything looked crisp. Yes, the running game never really clicked, but there's so many different moving parts and so many people involved who will not be part of the final 53 of this Browns roster. But you know whether it was Case Keaton, whether it was Kyle Luoletta, whether it was you know starting to see Donovan Peoples Jones, and it's you know it's always nice to hear somebody's having a nice camp. But once it's live, once there's officials, once there's a running clock, does that translate? And we've heard a lot of good things this summer about some of these younger players on the offensive side of the ball. So the first key was last night: is it going to translate? Are these guys going to step up? And well, <laughs> certainly did. Certainly did. Yeah. Look, DPJ has had quite an amazing um, training camp as we've seen. He's certainly been the standout and it was pretty awesome to see that translate, like you said, into this first game and also impressive. You know, the Jaguars didn't set any real healthy starters on either side of the ball. So it was a pretty stark contrast from the Browns with what was it? 29, you said, right? 22 mm-hmm. starters, at least of that. So, you know, and and I think it was inedible too. like our, our offense and defense on both sides. It's we are so much quicker. We're so fast. And if JOK isn't the epitome of that, of, of, of coming up, wow. I mean, I saw the stat today that there was at one point, I think he was about five yards or a little less than five yards away from Colin Johnson. Mm-hmm. He closed that gap in 1.3 seconds, which means he went from two miles an hour to just under 15 miles an hour in 1.8 seconds. That is unbelievable. So if, if anything I've, I got to see last night is just how quick we are on both sides of the ball and it's actually fun now here we are i guess i guess this is going to be uh, a themed running episode of lockdown browns <laughs> as we continue to keep heading on back that way um but you know uh, the running backs involved in the receiving game um you know it's weird i mean you know you look at the at the end of it you break it down between the two quarterbacks 31 of 44 uh you know well north of 300 i'm looking at some of these just box scores from over the weekend, and I think the Jets ran the ball almost 35, 38. Like, what are you doing running the ball 38 times in a preseason game? If you're not doing it with your best backs, it certainly makes zero sense as to actually what you were trying to, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, but the thing is, is as well as the offensive offense looked, there's a huge issue here, which is a great issue. The Browns have a bunch of great issues. They know who their starting five is on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. But then there's about seven or eight guys who all are decent players who years ago and any form of the Cleveland Browns would have been starters on their offensive line. And now it's a pecking order where they're just fighting to hopefully have their name called God, if fingers crossed, something actually goes wrong. And Mm -hmm. it's a, it's refreshing B it's a Testament to Bill Callahan. 
It's also a testament to the front office of realizing how important it is to have this unit like this. But this is going to be fun over the next couple of weeks because these guys are going to get not a quarter here, a quarter there. These guys are going to end up getting seven, eight quarters under their belts and getting a real chance to show this Brown staff that they're worthy of sticking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, there's the depth that we have this year is just phenomenal on on both sides of the ball for sure, but especially the online. I mean, you said it like any other year, we'd be like, oh, all right, you know, we'll take what we can get at this point or really trying to make something out of, make a mountain out of a molehill, I guess, in that sense. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a lot of confidence in Bill Callahan. I think the way that he runs his ship, uh, what Wyatt Teller says, what he has described um, just last week in his um, press conference, uh, you know, he, he, he drives the ship, you know, he's tough. Um, and, and that mentality, I think it's, it's amazing to me what this coaching and leadership leadership staff has done for this team in, in such a short time over a, a, such a tumultuous year, like 2020. Um, and for us as Browns fans to say that we actually have this amount of depth and talent on this team to go around is something that I'm still not used to. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. So <laughs> it's super exciting. I mean, I can't imagine, um, you know, now that we're in this spot, not being in this spot, like, I don't know how it's like amazing how you get out into something. You're like, how did I live like that? It's like, how did we, how did we survive as Browns fans? And, and, you know, having two winning seasons in the past, what, 20 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So. Um, you know, the phrase, you know, it's simply, you know, we try to use here, we use a little bit A of the Jefferson moving on up like George and Wheezy or B it's, this is now rich people problems and you're, you're not used to it. And, you know, like first thing first, like, you know, you know, just to think, well, Donovan Peoples Jones has been the best wide receiver in training camp. Well, that's fantastic. Cause he's maybe the wide receiver three or wide receiver four when it's all said and done by the end of the season. Um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt don't have to play in the preseason, but somehow you get a running back room to almost accumulate 100 yards receiving in a preseason game. Oh, wow. Well, that's a nice situation to have. Uh, Your offensive line. Michael Dunn looks fantastic. Well, that's great. Maybe he's number seven or eight on the roster. Um, And you get into situations here where, and this is going to be the most refreshing part, is the Browns can move on from players to other teams as opposed to in trading them away, as opposed to going into Labor Day weekend, looking at those cuts going, man, we can get about six guys here. If we can get about these six guys this year, it's going to be really, really tough. And I can't even, you know, I guess if you're Andrew Berry, this is what you're hoping for. But at the same time, you're also sitting here going, well, we didn't truly expect this. And now, unfortunately, we got some guys we really love and we just, we ain't got beds for them. I mean, these kids are going to have to go on somewhere else. Just a crazy situation. And in the grand scheme of things, it just shows you how quick, if you put your mind to it, and put quality people in place, you can see results. Yeah. We're going to get back here in a minute. We are going to flip it up. We are going to talk some JOK. We're going to talk some of the young players on defense. It's just been it's been great to see all this youth come in, but to see it kind of you know surface as quick as it did last night. And whether it was JOK, whether it was Richard LeCount, we're going to get to these young players here in just a minute as Miss Holly is along for the ride here on your Monday edition of Locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, UFC, MMA, and of course, NFL preseason action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, Miss Holly, there's no way to start this on the defensive side of the ball without talking about one Jeremiah Usu Koromoa. Mm-hmm. Eight tackles total, seven solo tackles. Within the time he got to the field, which is about mid-second quarter, uh, the play you mentioned with Colin Johnson. The Then there is the blitz up the A-gap. And to think about the players he was playing with last night where that situation arose and envisioning the fact that it could be with athletes like Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson. And then late in the fourth quarter, honestly, at that point, I think everybody was like, all right, we like what we see here. Can we get him <laughs> off the field? I think right, we, we've right, got yeah. enough. But snuffs out of screen. And the one thing, I, you know, I've been mentioning the past couple of days is this is he's he's got one thing that the Browns don't really have. He's a big time hitter. And there's always that one guy who can set a tone. And once you start making a receiver or a back or a tight end saying, well, oh, man, if I'm going there, there's a chance this guy, you know, this guy could go a little bit extra hard. And it just it just brings yet another level to this defense, keeping in mind that he did miss time during training camp. Obviously, whatever his COVID issue was, it wasn't much because, I mean, it almost like this guy looks quicker, you know, than maybe he did in the fall at Notre Dame. But you got a player like this, and what you got to see was basically every drop of the resume right away. I can do this for you. I can do this for you. I can do this for you. And there's been players in the years past Isaiah Simmons a couple of years ago with the Arizona Cardinals, where we don't truly know what these players are. Are they a linebacker? Are they a safety? And one of the biggest issues they have is because they were so versatile in their college schemes, they get to the NFL and you're worried about if you can just throw them out there and can they still be versatile here? We saw that. This is something we don't have to worry about. And we were all like, this is a great toy to have. You might not need him week one. But what Jeremiah Wusukoromoa basically told Joe Woods and told the Browns last night is, you can't ignore me, guys, because if you ask me to do it, I'm going to get it done. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was a little bit, look, our, our, our defense was clearly a major issue last year, and I was questionable on the Joe Woods front. Um, you know, and this was really his year to, it's now his year to shine, right? He's got all the, he's got all the pieces. It's like, well, here you go, make that magic. Um, so this first little taste, um, you know, makes me feel pretty good about it. And, uh, you know, with, with JOK, it's, he's so, he's so quick, obviously, but also quick think, such a quick thinker. He acts fast and aggressively and accurately from what we've seen. So that's super refreshing. He's, he's just, he has that relentless um, attitude. It's definitely ingrained in him. He's ready to commit. He's ready to work. And I think, and that also is another testament to just the Browns coaching staff in general of what they're looking to do. You know, Andrew Barry did a, um, a interview, I believe with, it was the New York times sports edition. And he talked about just like their, how focused they are and they take the focuses one at a time. And I think that's so important. That's clearly been done at the top and moving down towards the bottom. So um, you know, super excited with what I got to see last night with him. He just didn't seem to miss a beat. I mean, to miss almost days, what he missed five practices, 10 days out. And it was like, huh, what? I mean, it, it mm-hmm. didn't matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, boy, oh boy, super excited about him. 
And I think the thing is, and, you know, obviously, you know, Mac Wilson, you know, nobody knows the extent now and the Browns are kind of, kind of quiet. And what reason you're not hearing anything guys is until they can get every doctor basically on the payroll to confirm things. And it is Sunday, you're not going to get anything finalized. Um, so, and again, if somebody's seriously injured, if they tell us on six thirty on a Sunday afternoon, or 10 o'clock on Monday morning, there is no difference. So that's what's kind of way basically mm-hmm. just holding that up a little bit. Um, so, you know, you, you, you lose Mac. And now here's the thought, you know, and right now you're a little bit light in the safety room with, you know, Grant's help it out with <clears throat> Ronnie Harrison out as well. You certainly weren't going to play John Johnson the third and risk him to an injury. So, you, you know, JOK can do some of these things, can do some of those things. Then you get to another pick from day three on the defensive side of the ball and Richard LeCount. And at the time, the pick was a little confusing. He was, uh, you know, any player from Georgia in the AFC, you know, usually, I mean, the SEC carries a great resume. Um, but then there was the whole, you know, mini bike incident. There may have been an ankle injury broken, you know, runs pro day. Ten days later, they said, no, he's healthy. Now, you know, now he's healthy. But ten days ago, he wasn't. But went to the field last night and early from PFF, highest graded Browns defensive player at over 90, broke up a pass intercepted a pass and here's a guy holly on paper if everything goes right is the browns fourth safety what do, like what did we do i want to say to myself like what did we deserve to what did we do to deserve this <laughs> all this depth and i'm like oh i know exactly what we did we suffered for <laughs> decades so at this point <laughs> it's you almost yeah, you don't know what to do with all this good. It's like it's hitting the lottery. And you don't want to get too excited about this because it's like in, in our in our minds, right? It's like we we know we've we've started to be go down a path and be excited about a season coming up and having those what ifs. Um, but th- at this point, the the biggest thing that can really plague us, I feel it obviously is injuries. They're just the most unexpected. But that depth that you talk about, fourth safety, yeah, okay. Well, that's great because we have the next guy up. And a lot of these guys, you talked about the the ability to be um to be flexible and agile in a lot of different positions and have that translate into the NFL. And I think a lot of these guys are, and that's under the 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 this the wonderful coaching of Stefanski and beyond and his staff because um that's what I think helps build the depth because it's kind of like you want to be that jack of all trades player on a couple different levels. And that's just, that's in life too. You're when you're that type of person that can kind of step in where needed on a couple different sides in that position. then that's, that's all you can ask for. And that's, what's going to win these games. And you know, it, sports kind of evolve into each other and you look, you know, so much into the NBA now where it's almost like everybody on the roster, there's one guy who's seven feet tall, and then ideally everybody is between six foot five and six foot seven and they're swingmen, you know, some more physical ones play a little lower, some are a little, yeah. And, and this is where, you know, well, what exactly is he? Well, he plays defense. Well, no, what does he play? He plays defense. That's he what he plays. Defense. He plays defense. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If I need him to blitz, he'll blitz. He can cover, you know, and you just get these guys and, you know, just go out there and be the athlete that you are. You'll find a way to make it work. Obviously this is how you've gotten to this level you know, we'll do the best we can to coach you up, put you in the best position to succeed. Sometimes we'll fail. Some, you know, hopefully more than not, we will succeed. But, you know, just those types of things. Um, things we're hoping to see, and I think everybody's really, really excited to get a glimpse of Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. But those are things we're not going to get to see this summer, and rightfully so. Um, but just the little glimpses we've seen and, 
you know, like I always go back to, to the Spider-Man meme. You know, there's not many guys Miles Garrett can point at and do the Spider-Man meme. But Jadavion Clowney is one of them. And it's kind of like, well, you know, you may be able to jump a little higher. You may be a little stronger. I'm faster. But, I mean, these two types of freaks. And, it, yes, there's concerns about how the rest of this defensive line is going to you know, fall into place. And Tack McKinley not being around certainly is a little bit of an issue here. But just the premise and the thought of putting these two guys about 30, under 30 years of age who really have no other athletic equals on this freaking planet than each other, it's really, really appealing and fun to watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the NFL players are such, I mean, you know, we take it for granted the talent and, and just even in the open, when we open the show about the marathon runners, right? Like we take for granted these amazing, the amazing endurance that these people have, that the elite number of, of men that get to play that game and do what they do. It's, it's phenomenal. And the fact that we have those two major, major impact players on our squad is just, it's, it, it's really hard to wrap my head around and I want to pinch myself because I can't not believe, and I'm, I'm so happy Miles is feeling better. Look, the stuff that we've seen in, in training camp with him has been super promising as well. I was very worried about with what COVID did to him. You know, he really, at the end of the last season in the playoffs, he kept, I'm like, okay, well, no, this is the game. This is the game. He's coming back. This is going to be the old Miles, right? And it just, it, it never translated. So, um, and comparing him to someone else, that's the, what's been the hardest part with the COVID too, I think, is, is seeing all of this affect these guys very, very differently. Um, so I, the weapons that we have stashed are just next to none, next to none. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's funny cause I do remember it was the week miles didn't play, you know, when he was, you know, pronounced, you know, COVID positive and there was him literally laying on a couch with his dog in a blanket. And I think maybe none of us really put enough into it at the time because, you know, everybody knows obviously people who went, had it dealt with it, this, that, and the other thing in everybody's story. And a lot of it comes down to the make of the person you are. Some mm-hmm. people are just generally tougher than other, which means they were walking around at home with 104 fever, still doing whatever they could do. We're saying, you know what? I'm home. I'm never home. So while I'm home, I'm going to reorganize, organize my closet. I've got plastic bins to go through just because right. of those type of people, or, you know, right. they had nothing going on were pronounced COVID positive. And we're bedridden for six days. No, because they were, you know, just some people are, are, are less doers than others. But, you know, when it was miles and like, and I go back to that now, and then you see the way the end of that season went, and it was like, wow, you know, if the, you know, if miles was to that point that, you know, miles was one who got it and got it strong. So, and to just get him back and obviously, you know, see, you know, we've all seen, you know, the summer workout videos, obviously, whatever yeah. it was, it is in the rear view. And I'm sure there's a motivation here because, and I remember this, Early in 2018, Larry Ogunjobi got off to a hot start getting after the quarterback, and they were kind of pointing at each other. And it was, again, the first few weeks, I mean, the two of them had like five weeks. Somebody had a great week. The next week, the other guy did. So Miles having some sort of guy to actually compete with internally probably brings out the best version of Miles Garrett. It has to. I mean, when you're playing with the best, you want to be better. and and, And playing with the best players makes you better, just hands down. Um, and having that respect, that mutual respect for each other across the board. And I want to say something with COVID, you know, I, w- I also, when I read through that um, interview that Andrew Barry did, you know, he talked, to, he was asked about the COVID protocol and how the Browns approached it and what they did and why it was so successful. And because they went on, he, he said they started early spring. They did their uh, heavy education about 
what's important of why, why to get the vaccine and what that means and what vaccinated versus unvaccinated, depending on where you stand, it was a, a very full on education about what that looks like and how the team can be better overall. And so when the team is on that level too, where it could be completely divided, I mean, if you look around the NFL, what's going on, I mean, that's going to cause some major problems. Yeah. I mean, it's going to cause some major, major problems when this comes up. I mean, Lamar Jackson got it twice. What happens if he gets it the night before in the playoffs? I mean, you can't, there's so many things, uh, factors with that, but I am so happy that we have just kind of, we're not even a, a blimp on the radar of the COVID issues. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, we did our own thing. It's, it's been that constant theme of just like that, that keeping your head down, focus, do the hard work, you know, prove that, prove, um, you know, your ability and skill on the field in those games. That was kind of, it was a brace the suck last year with Stefanski. I just, I cannot speak enough to um, how proud I am of, being a Browns fan in this instance and being able to watch these guys and watch how they just have this awesome camaraderie for each other. They trust each other. And the COVID stuff is just a great example of what they decided to do with the vaccine and how it's not even a factor for us. No. And it shows that the understanding of what these guys all realize is the possibility here and nothing to derail it. And for anybody who's not truly understanding it, unless if you were vaccinated it doesn't matter like last year where you may have been in contact with somebody. They right. test you. You don't have COVID. Nothing changes for you. You have COVID, you're out. That's the way it works. But if you were vaccinated, and even if you were a roommate with the guy the night before, and the next morning they test him, he tests COVID positive, you test negative, you're fine. And that's mm-hmm. it, it, and that's basically what it is. And it was players saying basically for themselves and for everyone on their team is, as much as I'm doing this for myself, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing the greater it for you. Good. Right. Exactly. So the Browns have the best opportunity. And look, this 53 looks like it's going to be really good. And hopefully we don't have to dig deep into the delves of a 15-person practice squad like you did going to play a playoff game <laughs> right. where you're starting Robert Jackson. But hey, it all worked out. And no offense, yep. Robert Jackson, you were part of it. So you deserve your kudos for that. But that putting that, it's making the sacrifice, it's stepping up for the rest of your team. So God forbid something does happen, it all comes down to one thing. Are you positive or are you negative? Because if you're vaccinated, right. it don't matter. So yeah. that is, it's been great to see. And obviously you've seen many instances, whether it's Cole Beasley, whether it's Lamar Jackson, you know, some folks just are going to do what they're going to do. And it's really tough when your quarterback is making that decision, who's supposed to be the guy kind of keeping everything tight. Got a couple more things to get to with Miss Holly as we roll through here on your latest Locked On Browns. Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favors. If you don't know the Bill Bar lineup by now, well, you are missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. The mint brownie, still my favorite. It's got the tint of that Girl Scout cookie taste. Just perfect. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. 
Head on over now to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED, all caps, 15, no space, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, you know the deal. They've been with us forever. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it is major parts, a water pump, a head gasket, or something as simple as the carpet in your car, a new gas cap, rockauto.com has you covered there. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck or your Sunday ride. And in their how did, I, how did you hear about us box, type in locked on so they know that we sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, here is maybe the first blip on the radar screen of the Browns preseason Uh, from Jake Trotter at ESPN. um, uh, Rumor, I'm sorry, rumor. Yes, sources are saying tight end Steven Carlson may have suffered a season ending knee injury last season, uh, last evening. Uh, Steven Carlson may be listed as the fourth tight end. And for everybody, and I've already, and I see many people, they have three other tight ends. When you want to play a lot of two tight ends, you need four. You Three is not going to cut it. But this is where we get into one of these instances where I was just mentioning early, Holly, and we were talking about is the Browns are deep in a lot of places. Um, so if you do lose Steven Carlson, which apparently maybe it looks like you have lost him for the year, there are you understand there are other players on this roster who are not going to be able to stick around. So you can start maybe looking to dabble into another tight end. And look, Steven Carlson's a great story, former college wide receiver. And now this is really impressive because he's with this regime and he was not brought in by this regime. Apparently things are popping over in Holly's neighborhood right now as I hear the sirens going by. I'm just trying to um, mute my mic. But <laughs> it happened. I, we can't stop real life. But isn't it perfect? You're, you're talking about tell- injuries, by the way, Jeff. And yes, then exactly. And here comes the ambo. And the ambo comes <laughs> rolling down Holly Street. Um, well, you're not jogging yet, so nothing with you, Achilles. So we're good with that as, as standpoint. Um, but it's a tough. I mean, Stephen Carlson has always kind of been a little bit of an afterthought here, but made it through now in a year or two with the new regime after originally being brought in by the other regime. It's tough to see, but at the end of the day, you've got business to do. You got a 53 man roster, you got to get intact. And, you know, for Carlson, a year of rehab, hopefully, you know, it works out the best for him. But you got to roll with the punches and you got to understand these things are going to happen and you got to get maybe another body in here. Right, right. And again, goes back to that depth. Thank God that we have it. I mean, and that that's really important. And that versatility, you know, we have to be and that that's, that's, that's the key that that's, again, that's what Andrew Berry has talked about. That's what's been ingrained that these guys are able to kind of go back and forth here and, and be able to make an impact in whatever position that they are. Offense. Sure. Yeah, I play offense defense. Like you said, yep, sure. I play defense, right. So there's, um, you know, there's definitely some hope and um I hope it's, it sucks. These injuries are inevitable. They just are. And, um, you know, I, even what we saw to kind of, I know I'm, now I'm taking it from to a different lane here. Even what we did see with Case Keenum, um, I was happy with it. I mean, he's a vet. He's, he's been around. I mean, he's a great backup, but do I want anything to happen to Baker? God, knock on wood over here, but uh, we need it. And I just saw a report too, that we might be, they might be keeping a third QB on um, the 53 man roster as well. So you have to have that depth across every position. And again, they have to be versatile. So 
boy, that's just that I, I can't imagine starting a season and and getting that news. I mean, that's just got to be pretty detrimental. Well, I mean, because you do nothing. It, it literally, you know, from January on, it's you, know, you take a couple right. weeks off, and then it's you know, you talk to your coaching staff. Well, what do I need? Oh, we need, need you to get bigger. And it's always we need you to get bigger. We need you to get faster. Well, how do you do those right. two things at the same time? Um, you know, and you put in the time, you put in the effort, and you know, Carlson's another one where we've heard nothing but you know, a, a bunch of superlatives. You know, through you know where he's gotten to this point in training camp, and you know, to have it all fade away, and sadly, you know, he was the one tight end that kind of got put on the field last night. And then this comes his way. It's just a tough blow. Um, but, you know, these guys are ingrained. They understand, you know, the game that they play. And it's obviously, you know, it's not for the uh, faint of heart, so to speak. Um, we do have a question, uh, a couple of questions here from Owen Jones. And, oh, man, I, I hate to do this one to you, but I'll, I'll let Holly answer it. I'll give my answer. <laughs> Any temptation to trade Teller if they're not planning on paying him and rolling with Dunn or Forbes? Miss Holly? I mean – how hard that question is we don't want to get rid of teller you know but again we have so much good things it's hard to pay everybody and he he gets that and i don't blame him for wanting to make the as much money as he can and and get the most playing time and and make the most impact and and win so it's really hard we've not been in this situation before i mean that's been the theme of this entire show i think it's just like what We, we have all these really great things so how does it work so and and who stays and who goes and you know it you want to be able to, boy, I don't want to use that as an example with the, with the, the injuries, but sometimes that helps make the decision for you, right? But in this situation, it's 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 tough. I mean, who can fill Teller's shoes? I, between the two, I think Dunn would be the only other one that I think, I mean, he stepped up during playoffs last year in Pittsburgh, he had a great game that he got hurt, um, and then came in the Blake Hance, um, whoever this guy name is, Blake Hance, Blake. whoever he is. <laughs> so... <laughs> I guess he'd be the, the step up. It'll be interesting. Look, he Wyatt had a huge year last year. He's one of the best run blockers. He's his impact on the game, the running game cannot be said enough. It just can't. He's 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 fantastic. So, um, you know, I, I think for him for this year, it's refining, it's working hard, it's 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 crafting what we saw last year. And if he can prove that last season wasn't just some random one-off season and he can continue, then yeah, I mean, I think he can get that contract. And that's for how bad our O-line was before to last year and how important we saw that was, how much more confident Baker is when we have our O-line that good. Baker has that time. I mean, that, you can't beat that. So yeah, I'll pay him $13 million a year. And if, if we got to make adjustments somewhere else then you make adjustments somewhere else, but no. Is that something I see or want? No. I do feel like the Browns were going to try to do what they need to do to get that done. So, For me, it, it goes as simple as this. Who was the Browns' best offensive lineman in 2020? Wyatt Teller. Who's right. looking like most likely is going to be the Browns' best offensive lineman here in 2021? Could very well be Wyatt Teller. Right. These are – there's some stories. Some, and look, I, I, nothing against Joe Batonio. He's been on the show. I love the guy to death. J.C. Treader as well. But part of this and what they're going to look at here is, well, you are north of 30, which means the tail off could be coming anytime now. And sometimes when you're looking at things analytically, it's let's get out one year too early as opposed to being around one year too late. I don't see any world where the Browns think Wyatt Teller moving on from them 
is a good situation. And this is, of course, we're answering this as of right now. You know, right. right. Two months into yes. the season, maybe it could be different. But as of right now, that's something that, you know, not should be done. It's just something that needs to be done. Now, this is interesting. With the way everything looked offensively last night, and you got to feel that the number ones, Holly, are probably looking very well at, to this point. Do you risk putting them on the field from Believe Land, Andy? You know, I, I've I've been thinking about that a lot. Last night, I was around some other people, and there was someone talking about how important preseason is, and everybody should be playing. And you know, I've and I inside, I hadn't said anything out loud yet, but inside, I was thinking to myself, like this guy's. <laughs> crazy like no like what is he talking about but then I know that I used to think we used to really really focus on preseason because that was our first real idea of like because that's when our starters were playing right so it was like okay let's see what we have and if we know what we have already with our starters we know that it's just a matter of where they're going to fit and and or really who's going to be under them um so I, I go back and forth about that of course I want to see them get some reps I think Having any type of preseason work and, and seeing them out there is, is a good thing. Um, but I would like it short, sweet, contained, and, um, you know, very, very smart and thought out. Do I think, though, on do I think Chubb and Hunt need to get out there? No, I really don't. I think, if anything, last year with no preseason, we proved that, too, on the, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Baker struggled, obviously, a little bit there the first half, but at we finally got our groove, you know, mid season. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about on the offensive side, um, getting those guys out there. For me, if you wanted to say, we're going to go one series in this preseason game, we're going to go one series in the next preseason game. As long as everything looks like we think where it's at, we're good. You know what I'm saying? If fellas, you teed off, we'll take care of everything else from here. Um, And the other thing is, is the added 17th game. So yep. anything you can do to take less and less hits away from any single one of these guys, you know, prolongs the possibility and longevity that they can make it through 17 before hopefully it's going to be one, two, three more after that right. a 20 yep. game season. So you got to look at that. You know, we kind of got to go that crystal, crystal ball type of method with that. It's been an absolute blast here with Holly. Um, you know, as we mentioned when she joined, uh, now with the Oranges, Oranger. Um, obviously, um, with uh, Andy, uh, week in, week out on the Set the Edge podcast. Uh, awful announcing, not to mention that Holly is you know very, very busy in the community and getting back to truly what she loves now, helping kids, which is fantastic. Love to see stuff like that. And not to mention she's got about five or six miles. She's got to go burn out now just yeah. because it's Sunday night. And you know I'm going to hit the grill. I'm going to break out the beer. Holly's going to go blaze a trail down the uh, the sidewalks of the city. So if you see her running by and you get passed in traffic, that's probably Holly's <laughs> passed you by. If you're not hey, following, I, make sure you are. At Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, definitely. i got to sweat out that alcohol somehow for my weekend. So you got to do what you got to do to be ready for Monday morning. You got to right. punch that bell come Monday morning. If that's you are right. not following, make sure you're following at Holly and Liz. Uh, the show, as everybody knows, Locked on Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. Uh, me personally, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. Um, whether it's Apple, whether it's Odyssey, whether it's Spotify, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Locked on Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews, do appreciate it. And with that, folks, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.